0: Uh, We're celebrating something very specific, what we understand as an appointed time of God. And uh, today is basically, uh, in a nutshell, a New Year's party or a New Year's Eve. Anybody ever been to a New Year's Eve celebration, right? So this is similar except spiritual. And uh, we're on the Hebraic calendar, and this is the time where we move into the fall feast which begins with today, which is the uh, holiday of the new year, or Yom Teruah, we'll be talking about that, that moves us on into then the uh, Day of Atonement and then the Feast of Tabernacles. These are one of the most important times of year we can gather together and be together. So it's going to be different. Touch your say, that won't be unusual around here. And uh, it's going to be a time of celebration, and I believe the Holy Spirit's going to do something very very significant. We, uh, we, we still have people coming in looking for seats, so if you've got a seat beside you, maybe just wave at them so they can get in and get them a seat. And We uh, we're, we're, thank you so much for, uh, for making room for everybody to get in and get a seat so we can get in on this and what's, go, what, what's going on. Let me just tell you this, uh, just right off the get-go, that I thought was very interesting about today. We're going to have a lot of fun today, but one thing struck me very interesting. This morning I was meditating with the Lord, and I realized today's 9 9 so, nine, nine, and 18. So, nine and nine is 18. So, I thought, well, 18's the, the number of the day. So, I looked up 18. It's like, what does that mean? And I looked up the word 18. And in the Hebraic mindset, the number 18 is very interesting and it's tied to this time of year, it's tied to tabernacles. 18, that's how many times it says that God commanded Moses on the mountain 18 times. The Hebrews pray 18 prayers around this time of year interesting enough the Hebraic thought is when you study the uh, medieval anatomy there's 18 main vertebrae in your in your body when Jesus rode into Jerusalem they waved palm branches 18 times they believe the palm branch speaks of the spine Because they believe all the nervous system flows through the spine that brings health to the body. Isn't it interesting in Luke 13 it says there was a woman bent over for 18 years. For 18 years. said shouldn't this woman be a daughter of Abraham. Come on somebody. Be loosed from that infirmity for these 18 years. If that's not enough confirmation affirmation. I walked in and this young lady over here uh, that, that that I've been rejoicing. She looked at me and she said, guess what? Today's my celebration. 18 months clean, free from all addiction. Right? Come on, somebody. I believe something will happen during our celebration today. At some point when a sound is released, they believe that a shaking occurs with the blowing of trumpets. I believe at some point today when the trumpet sounds, that it will so reverberate in our beings that it will realign us, if you will... And people with back issues and skeletal issues and spinal issues, I believe today will be healed. I believe trauma of past seasons and holding patterns of pain that have grabbed hold of somebody, somebody's gonna get loose today from the past and be able to move forward into your future because of how we celebrate here today. Somebody go ahead and shout a shout of praise up in this house today. Woo! My God. This is Yom Terah, Feast of Trumpets, as I mentioned earlier. This is one of those appointed times where we break out of cycles of defeat into the cycles of blessings. Now, I just want to catch us all up if you're not familiar with this. God moves circular, not linear. And so the good news about that is you never miss an opportunity because God always brings missed opportunities back from your past into your present so you can pick it up and move forward into your future. And so the good news today, if we've missed opportunities, if we've made mistakes, if we've made a lot of wrong choices, good news is we're not moving linear away from that and we'll never see it again. We're coming around full circle again to where God lets us go back and repeat some things so that we can redeem our past and move forward into our future. Touch three peoples, that's good news right there. So the cycles are Passover. That's where we celebrate redemption. We've done that this year. Pentecost, that's where we gain revelation. But now we're moving into this, this new cycle or this Moadim appointed time, which are the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, interestingly enough, there's seven feasts. All right? Four have already been fulfilled by, by Christ Himself. Christ has already fulfilled Passover. Christ has already fulfilled the Feast of Unleavened Bread by He died on the cross for our sins, shed his blood Passover. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is where He removed our sins from us, right? He fulfilled that. Pentecost, the giving of the Holy Spirit. How many here have the Holy Spirit today, right? That's already been fulfilled, right? The Feast of Weeks, which was from Pentecost, the 50 days after, or the 50 days between Passover and Pentecost, already been fulfilled. So these are four feasts that Christ has already fulfilled. These feasts that we're moving in now are prophetic feasts that have implication right now, but are... Or, or a feast that Christ will fulfill when he returns. And so today's not only a celebration of what we're going to experience today, but it's also a future celebration where we'll celebrate actually with the return of our Messiah. Now, there is an opportunity in every appointed time, like we're here gathered today, that's filled with potential. Listen to me now. There's an, on all these appointed times, why are they so important? They're filled with potential. Now, why is that important? The, the, the rabbis, they, they, they say there should, we should approach this time of year with trembling and fear. Not because we're afraid of something, but the best way I heard it explained is like this. Let's say you won a shopping spree to a shopping uh, 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 department store. And so the appointed day was, all you got to do is show up at this time and this day, and while you're in this store for an hour, whatever you can grab a hold of and take, you can have. Yeah. So they say you're supposed to approach this time of year with this fearful expectation, not because something bad's going to happen, because there's so much potential in this time of year, you don't want to miss anything that God wants to do in your life. Touch three people say, God has got great things for you in this season. Tell them. Now, one of the attributes of what we're celebrating today is repentance. Repentance. Now, normally when you speak repentance, everybody gets sad. Right? Because we don't really understand repentance. The Bible says repent. Somebody shout repent. Repent, "Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repentance is not about sorrow necessarily, it's about refreshing. Repentance is less about being sorry for your sins and more about just evaluating where you are and what you would like to change. Repent means re, again, pent means top. That's where you get the word penthouse, top. So when he says repent, he's saying go back to the top. In other words... You may have made some mistakes. You may have gotten off track, and you may have got down low. When it's time to repent, just get back on top of what's going Come on, somebody. Touch two people say, I'm about to get back up on top of this thing. Because most, most religious, Christi- especially Christian circles, treat repentance more about a heaven or a hell issue than living. And they get us so focused on what's going to happen when we die that we never really embrace the kingdom of God right now while we're living. The true mentality of repentance is in God, we should always be moving away from darkness. Let's put the slide back up. Darkness, death, and decrease. And we should be moving toward light, life, and increase. So today is simply we're going to, by faith, move further away. From darkness, death, and decrease, and we're going to move toward light, life, and increase. So God gives us this divine opportunity to make a move and repent. This is the time of year where the books are open. So today in heaven, whether you realize this or not, Psalm 139 said, there's a book that's been written about you in heaven. It's a book of destiny. And all your destinies already been recorded in heaven. That book's open today, and God evaluates where are you at within your destiny. He's not evaluating you so that He can punish you. He's evaluating you so He can help you. <laughs> He's opening the books. He's saying, "Kent's struggling right here." Uh, uh, he needs some help right here. He got it right right here, but he missed that one right here. So I'll tell you what, angels, we're going to have to reevaluate and redo some things now. I need to get this to him. I need to get that to him. I need to get this to him. He needs that strengthen, He needs that healing. He needs that provision. So now it says, I set before you life and death, and all of heaven will back you up. Choose life, therefore that you and your descendants may live. Touch three people say, I'm choosing life today. Touch somebody else say, he's preaching today. <laughs> the books are open. That excites me. God's watching. He's watching this time of year how we celebrate. What level of faith we're moving in. What kind of expectation did we come with. And he starts it today and gives us 10 days to the Day of Atonement just to get everything sorted out. Just to say, Lord, we're ready to move forward. And then Tabernacles comes in a couple weeks where we celebrate the fact that the books have been written and they have been sealed and God has blessed us with a brand new year to enter into the blessings of God. Let's move quick. Numbers 29, 1, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, that's today. Touch somebody, say, That's today. Touch somebody else, say, I'm glad you let me touch you all the time this morning. I'm enjoying myself. Seventh month on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. Touch them mail. Say, we're at a holy convocation today. Didn't even know what you were at. You're at a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work for you today. It's simply a day of the blowing of the trumpets. So in a few minutes, we're going to be blowing these shofars and blowing these trumpets. And look what the Bible says about this. Blessed. Somebody shout blessed. Yes. Blessed are those who hear the joyful blast of the trumpet. You're going to get blessed today even, even if you don't understand what's going on today. Even if you don't even comprehend what I'm talking about. Just by what you hear today, a blessing is going to jump on you when you're here by this holy convocation today. Blessed are those who know the joyful blast of the trumpet. They shall walk in the light of your presence. They rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation and in your perfect righteousness. You are their strength. What glory. Oh, power. Our power is based on your favor. Yes, our protection is from the Lord himself. And he... The Holy One of Israel has given us our king. There's a blessing on today and a blessing on, this, on, on what we're doing with the blowing of the trumpets. Number one, it says, because of the sound of the trumpets, you will walk in the light of God's presence. The trumpet was used to usher the king into the courts. Look at Psalm 47, 5, Oh, Clap your hands, all ye peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the trumpets. I don't know if you know much about the royal family, and you've I, I watched them some on TV. But when the queen enters the court of the king, they sound the trumpets, and that ushers the king into his throne room. Today, when we release the sound of the trumpets, the Lord Himself will walk into our midst because He is drawn by that sound, and we will walk in the light of His presence. Why? Because God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. Two. They rejoice all day long with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord your King. Today is a day where joy will be released in the house. Why? Because it's called a joyful sound. This is because Leviticus 25 tells us that the blowing of the trumpets is called a jubilee. What's a jubilee? Every 50 years in the Hebraic culture there was a year of jubilee. Everybody that was in debt, in that culture, if you were in debt, you, could, you would be sold into slavery until your debt was repaid. So that means families would lose husbands and wives and children. They would be taken uh, by the creditors, and they would have to serve as slaves until the debt was repaid, and some of them had a debt so big they couldn't pay it. So that means a lifelong time of being without your family until the year of Jubilee. On the year of Jubilee, it says a trumpet would sound. That's what we're going to blow today. And people that understood the culture, when they, when they heard that sound, no matter what you were slave to, no matter how far in debt you were, as soon as the trumpet sounded, it was called the Jubilee of Freedom. You could run straight out of your bondage, straight back home to your family, because it was the Declaration of Freedom. That scripture is found in Leviticus 26. It's actually inscribed on the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. Our whole nation, that bell, was founded on Leviticus on the year of Jubilee. Jesus is our jubilee. I'm not waiting for 50 years from now. I'm going to have to wait another year. Jesus himself in Luke 4 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of jubilee touch four people say get ready this is your jubilee time tell them this is your jubilee time (laughs) quickly they rejoice in God's reputation I believe God's getting his reputation back in the earth why religious people have given God a bad reputation Religion has tainted God's reputation in the earth. They paint God as some tyrant up in heaven just trying to blast us every chance he gets. But I'm telling you, that's not the God of the Bible. That's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's not the God who Jesus represents. The God I serve is full of mercy and full of grace and full of goodness and full of kindness and only has goodwill toward men. And so, at the blast of the trumpet, we are reminded of this because in Exodus 19:19, 19, 19, when Moses came back off the mountain after they had screwed it up the first time, he had to go back up on the mountain. And when he came back the second time with a whole other set of commandments, it was demonstrating God's mercy. And forgiveness, and they sounded the trumpets. I just want to pause a minute and thank God that his mercy is ever available for all and any of us at any time or day or night that we need it. We celebrate the reputation of God today that he is kind and generous and merciful and always ready to forgive. He's the God of the second chance. And I got good news. You may have blown it terribly this past year. I know I have. How many here can say, I've blown it last year? Part of you, everybody else's line, so you're blowing it this year. But we've all made mistakes. We've all said things we shouldn't have said. We've all had feelings or emotions we shouldn't have had. We've all done things that we knew was against the will of God. But thank God, His mercy is new every morning. And today is a brand new day and a clean slate and a brand new start for you in Jesus' name. Four. They rejoice in God's righteousness. When you hear that trumpet today, this is Isaiah 58. This is one of the mainstay scriptures of our church where we serve those in need and we serve the less, less fortunate than ourselves. God reminds us during the sound of this, this trumpet, not only is it a jubilee, not only is there victory involved for us, not only is there mercy available for us to find a clean slate and move forward, but it's a reminder that we're all called to do good works. The Hebraic mindset is your one good deed could be the tipping point that changes the whole world. The, the Hebrew thought is when you do good by one person, you're doing it to all of humanity. And so it's a reminder once a year that because of God's great grace and mercy, we're called to be merciful people. And we're called to do good works. And, and when God opens these books, He looks at our good works. And we're blessed accordingly. And if we will continue to open our hearts to the less fortunate and the disenfranchised and open our hearts to strangers and foreigners and those among us that that are aliens, if you will. God said, remember that you one time too were aliens and you one time too needed acceptance in a place that you may not have been accepted in. You one time too needed help. Right? And God reminds us that our good works During this time of year, we are called not just to be people that gather around and celebrate we're saved. We're not just saved from something. We're saved for something. And we're just supposed to be people that are full of good works, that people may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So reach out, touch somebody's hand, say you're going to have good works flow through you this year in Jesus' name. Five and quickly, you are their strength when we blow the shofar in a few minutes, we'll remember our, remind ourselves, remember ourselves. We'll remember ourselves that Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw behind him a ram in a thicket caught by its horns. And God revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen. This We hold in our hands these shofars you've been hearing. They represent the ram's horn that was caught in the thicket for Abraham where God introduced himself as Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't even fathom the thought of sacrificing one of my children. That was probably one of the most difficult things, challenging things, and I don't have time to debate the theology behind it today, but there's a lot of theology in it. But basically, my, my general understanding is God was, that that culture, I'm, I need to pause here a minute because I don't want to taint God's reputation. God really never asked Abraham for Isaac. In actuality, the culture demanded it. Because in that culture, they were willing, because of their understanding of the gods, they were willing to sacrifice, yes, even one of their loved ones to bring the blessings of God on their whole tribe. Their mentality was, we may suffer the loss of one, but at least the loss of one will bring the blessing on many. And when Abraham got up there to do that, God showed up and said, hang on, I'm not that God. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) He said, I'm not that God. I'm not that God that demands you sacrifice so I can bless you. I'm the God who's willing to sacrifice for you, so, my God, so that you can be blessed. That's why my Bible says one day God sent his own son to satisfy the blessings of God on all of humanity. Come on, somebody. Woo! Touch three people and say, I want to serve that God. The point of this is whatever you have to go through this year you will be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you because Jehovah Jireh is your provider and he will provide anything and everything you need to get through whatever you've got to get through so that you can fulfill your purpose and destiny in Jesus' name. Touch somebody and say, receive the strength of God today. Number six, got to hurry, only have 50 of these. Number six, no, I'm just teasing Number six, what glory? Our power is based on your favor. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout. The walls fell down. This is Jericho when God sent Israel to inherit the promised land. They marched around Jericho seven times. And on the seventh day, God said, shout and blow the trumpets. When they did, not by might. Not by power, but by my spirit. When they shouted, those walls came falling down i'm here to prophesy and decree to somebody the walls the enemies tried to build up around you and your family and the walls of division that have been tried to been built up and even the walls of division that have been built up in our own nation i'm saying today when we blow the trumpet that there's going to be a sound from heaven and those walls are going to come down in the name of jesus because of god's favor in jesus name amen Number seven, and last, but not least, I love this one. Our protection is from the Lord himself. I love this scripture. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. For there, our God will fight for us. I'm here to decree and declare to you that today is a day of victory And that today is the day that you recognize as you enter this new year, God's fighting for you. I love westerns. That's that old school part of me. But this is is what I think about when it says when you hear that trumpet. You ever seen those old westerns where literally they're all uh, surrounded out there in the wilderness, you know. And the enemy's trying to get them. They circle the wagons. Y'all seen that? And they look like there's no hope. Right, there's so many after them, and there's so few of them, and they're and they're just they're surrounded. And I love these parts of the movie, you know, because you know what's gonna happen, but it's still exciting, isn't it? They're surrounded, there's no hope, nothing. All of a sudden you hear and then all of a sudden the cavalry, right, comes over the hill with a blowing of the trumpets, and the next thing you know, bam, 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 bam. Miss Kitty's saved, everybody's saved. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Wagons are saved, everybody's saved, right? When I I think of God fighting for us, I think of that. There may be times this year where you feel so surrounded by the enemy and by circumstances, but all you got to do is remember back to this day, I'm telling you, the Calvary's on the way, and God will not leave you without help. He will not leave you. He will fight for you, and he will give you victory this year. Somebody shout, victory! Woo! All right. Look at this scripture and then we'll, then we'll get going. We're just getting warmed up. Y'all know this one. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout in the voice of an archangel with the trumpet of God. Somebody shout trumpet. Amen. And the dead in Christ will rise first. One of these days there's going to come a sound of a trumpet and it's not going to be me at Word Alive blowing a shofar. It's going to be a trumpet out of heaven and the sound's going to be so powerful everybody you know and love that died and are in the ground or scattered somewhere all of a sudden their bodies are going to form together and they're going to shoot up out of the grave because of the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. It's all based on what I'm talking about. The very... Belief and hope that we have in the resurrection is based on the sounding of the trumpet. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 15. I love this. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We won't all sleep, but we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Let me just give you a tidbit I think that everybody needs to know when your loved one dies their spirit leaves their body and it goes immediately into the presence of God but their body goes back to dust but the good news is on the day of resurrection that not just their spirit is saved their body that was laid into the dust. Whether it's ashes or dust or decaying. It doesn't matter. The same God that took dust. <laughs> and breathed in it. Is the same God that on the day of resurrection. And by the way I could take you back to Genesis. And show you when God created man. Do you know what it was when it says he breathed on him. Breathe life. Translated. Blew the shofar. Because when breath goes through death. When breath goes through death, the dead thing comes alive. And the very us blowing on these dead things are prophetically saying there's coming a day when the breath of God will blow on dead bones and dead ashes and they will get up and live again because of the resurrection power of God. That's why this day is so full of all this celebration. Do you know what the name of this day is? This is Tishri 1, and it's the only day in the Hebraic calendar where one day is 48 hours. It's the only day of the year where one day is 48 hours. They consider Tishri 1 and 2. And for those of you who don't understand Tishri, it's like April, May, June. Tishri is the name of the Hebrew month. Tishri 1 is like April 1st or, or September 1st. Tishri 1 and Tishri 2 is one day. You know what they call it? One long day. clever, because that day is the day where the priests have to see the moon so that they can shout, the new moon, so they can shout and release the blowing of the trumpets. It's so important that they get it right that day, they don't want to blow it too soon and they don't want to blow it too late, so they give themselves 48 hours to ensure they see the new moon so they can shout and appropriate, blow the trumpet at the right time. Now, this blew my mind. The name of this in Hebrew, you know what it, You know what the name of this day is in Hebrew? It's the day that no man knows the day nor the hour. Do you ever read Matthew 24, 36, where they said, Jesus, when are you coming back? He says, I'm coming back on a day of that day and hour that no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So when Jesus was saying, I'm coming back, how many of you were brought up in church being scared to death about Jesus coming back because he's coming as a thief in the night? Man, I used to be scared to death. I'd go put my short britches off and put my long britches on because I knew if he came back and I had short britches on, surely to God I was going to miss him. He's not coming back as a thief in the night to those who know what time it is. Why do you think I'm teaching you and empowering you and getting you on the right calendar of God? Because I don't want you to be as those as a thief of the night. You know, here's the Hebraic thought. Every year we blow these, we're saying, Lord, this could be the time where you return. But if it's not, it says he loads us up with so many blessings that we thrive a whole nother year until it's ready for the time to come again. And we keep thriving. We keep growing. We keep living. And one of these days, the heavens are going to split, and the trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ are going to get up in Jesus' name. Woo! So Joel 2.1 simply says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm in my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is, hand. It is at hand. That's where we're at. So if today, in just a few moments, we've got to do two things today. We're commanded to celebrate. I'll be back over here in a minute. They're like... Now, this is important we're commanded to celebrate because there's something in a celebration that we've not learned in the church God said three times a year I want you to celebrate why lots of times we get in a place each year we don't there is no need or no reason to celebrate So sometimes I just celebrate out of obedience, knowing that I don't really have a lot to celebrate. I've got a lot of things going on in my life right now that aren't going okay. But I know this. I've learned this. If I will will learn to celebrate where I'm at, I will always get to where I'm going because God's always moving and He's always taking me forward. And secondly, it's an attitude of gratitude. Everything may not be going your way right now, but I promise you there's something in your life, if you think about it long enough, that should cause you to celebrate today. So we're supposed to celebrate wildly, like a New Year's party. And we're supposed to hear the sounding of the trumpets, and we're supposed to make a decree this is according to Daniel 4. It says God sends watchers, angels, to watch over his word so that whatever's decreed, it, we're not, don't think we're just reading something off the screen. Angels are taking what we say out loud, and they're writing it down in your book as a decree of what we're going to enter into this year.